and I'm only 26. But although I'm only 26, many times in my life, I found myself in situations of looking for a job or going to job interviews. Usually, when I look for a job, it happened on the internet. And so I, I look on the website that normally give job offering, and there is written always, we are hiring. It's great. So I open the link, and then it says always like this. Are you a dynamic person, willing, keen to new challenges? This is the perfect job for you. We want someone like you to add in our team. And so I sit back and I start to question myself. Do I really fit in these <laughs> expectations that these employers have? It's very interesting sometimes, because I don't know sometimes if, if I really fulfill that or if I do not. And the verses that we just read, they are, it's a very long passage, so we decide to choose the key verses uh, for uh, time's sake. But they are just like a job advert or a job interview. Especially in the first verse, verses, there is an expectation that is built upon the role of a king. There are requirements that need to be met. But in order to understand that, in order to understand what are these requirements, we need to go back to what I was saying about the fireside story. We need to go back to when the storyteller is saying this story to this congregation. And this is a, is a key because after the storyteller is saying the reason why Israel, Israel wants a king, now the shift is moving into a single person, to a single person that is meeting the job requirements, which is so. The Israelites at the moment of choosing a king, they did not care that much about uh, the consequences that having a king could have, as Ash was saying. The, the only big expectation they had for a king was not about his heart, was not about what kind of person he was. The only big expectation, the only big requirement for this job was that this king could go before them into the battles. That's it. It's one requirement, but it's quite big. And there is this shift, which is, a, I think, is one of the most important shifts in the Bible, because it's the changing of Israel being a theocracy led by God to Israel being a monarchy led by a king. And yet, the only point of focus for the storyteller is this. He says in the first verses that Saul was tall, Saul was young, Saul was strong, Saul was handsome, and Saul, Saul was a son of a man of stand. That's it. And this is the perfect role for a king. This is the perfect expectation that Israel had for a king. Saul met all these requirements that Israel had. And I think there is like a sense of irony in that, because even the storyteller is not that, let's say, uh, worried about what, is, what does this shift mean from uh, theocracy to monarchy, but he is more concerned of showing the people around the fireside that Saul meets Israel's expectation of a king, in appearance, at least. And I'm, 
I'm remarking the theme of appearance because I think that it's quite, um, it's quite clear that by rejecting God, the Israelites were only focusing on how the king should look like, but not on how the king should be like. For the Israelite, he has to be strong, tall, a good fighter. That's it. Unfortunately, I have to say, um, many studies have been led about the perception of tall height and power. We, as a humans, tend to see tall height as powerful, and this is the reason why most of the time we see tall people more likely to be leaders. And I have to say a big, big, unfortunately, and I sound unfortunately, because I'm probably, well, not probably, I've always been the shortest one in my group of friends. And probably I'm also shorter of 80% of this uh, congregation here. And the 20%, I think, they, the rest, 20%, I think, is made up by toddlers and people under 10 years old of age. It's a joke, but of course, these studies just prove that we are not that distant from what the Israelites were thinking like. Most of the time, we base our own expectation on people just by what is on the surface. We just see on the superficial level, on the, yeah, really on the surface of people also, apart from things. And I'm not to of course, I'm not talking only about height, how tall someone is. I'm also talking about wealth, appearance, social media are built all, all upon appearance. So we took our conclusion on people by looking at the surface of them. Whether for good or for bad, this happens, because sometimes I think that we also think nothing good can come out of that person. So we see the soul very likely, going back to the stories, Saul really makes these superficial expectations, these superficial requirements to be a king. But now the next point is, does Saul see himself as a king? To go back to the uh, initial image of the job interview, I think this is the moment in which a contract is being given to you. You fulfill all the expectations, of the job, and now a contract has been placed in front of you, and now it's your choice whether to sign it or not. And there are many, many, many questions that I normally ask myself uh, before to sign a contract or uh, to accept a job, which is, of course, what's the wage? What's the time of work? What are the shifts? Who are going my colleagues to be? And I think probably the most important question, and especially as an introvert, is do I see myself in this job? Am I the right person to cover this role? And so this is where we asking ourselves what we expect from ourselves. Do I suit people's expectation for me in this role? And I think the soul does the same when he's saying, when he's telling in verse 20 of chapter 9, he's saying, Samuel to Saul, all the desire of Israel is turned upon you. 
And now I think that something is in, flips in my mind, in the in Saul's mind. That is, am I the right person? Am I not? And the problem with that, the problem with that question is that the answer of Saul is neither yes nor no. The answer of Saul can be maybe, maybe I, I fit this place, maybe I fit this role as a king. It is true that what comes out of Samuel, um, of Saul, sorry, Saul's mouth is a question, a question that is more likely to uh, say no. He says, am I not a Benjamite of the smallest tribe, of the smallest clan in Israel? But on the other hand, there is uh, something that Samuel says that is this, I'll tell you what is in your heart. I'll tell you what is in your heart. As for the donkeys that you were looking for, they're already at home. So my question was, what did Saul was questioning in his heart? And probably most of the scholars will say that Saul was already thinking to cover a, a role of leader. And so this is why we have this kind of stretch between Saul saying, yes, I can cover this role of a leader because I desire to do that in my heart. And Saul saying, no, because I'm from the smallest tribe, the smallest clan of Israel. I'm the last of the last. But what is the point of this? Is that Saul's expectation of himself are directly linked with what people expect from him. Because yes, he met the requirements of being tall, strong, a good fighter, definitely. And later in the stories, we know that. But no, on the other, on the other hand, because he was from the smallest clan and probably no one would follow him. And my, my question now is, how many times we place our own expectations on ourselves by seeking to fulfill other people's expectations of us. And I think that we, this happens most of the time. And today, I think today, even more than the time of Saul, society is demanding you to build your own identity on what society expects from you. It asks you, society asks you to appear rather than to be. To appear wealthy, to appear successful, to appear, to always be happy, to be always perfect, to always smile. Otherwise, if you don't smile and you are a bit down, you just ruin the evening out with, with your friends. So you, you, can, you are not allowed to be unhappy. The command for the society is not do your best. The command for the society is do more. Just do it. To quote a very famous advert. I think that there is, of course, there is nothing wrong in uh, having purposes, in having ambition in desiring a job, a better job, but desiring a job that you have studied for, that you have prepared yourself for. But the idea is that the problem is when you are trying to seek your own identity 
in fulfilling other people's expectation of you, in fulfilling what society expects from you. It's a problem because as soon as you fail to meet those expectations, you will fall. <laughs> and it's true that people's expectations changes just very, very quickly because society evolves very rapidly. For example, I don't know, you are not in time to buy this new phone that six months afterwards, you need to buy another one that is better and you need to have it. And even Saul, I want to say, even Saul met this changing of expectation from the society for him. We read that when Samuel no, sorry. Uh, later in time, when David is uh, climbing, this, he's doing these social climbers because he's fighting and he's uh, destroying the Philistines and he's leading Israel into battle. Even Saul, after uh, being a king for so many years and leading Israel in so many battles, his people do not miss the chance to sing this. Saul killed is thousand, but David killed his ten thousand. Ten thousand. It didn't matter if Saul led Israel for ages. It didn't matter if fight and probably also have been wounded into the battles. There is, was someone who could fulfill the expectation of a king better than what he could do. And surely Saul being removed as a king is a, a consequence of his mistakes. But the point of this is that it's very, very impossible, and not very, very hard, but very, very impossible to please humans. So at this point, the narrator of the five-side story is telling, see Saul was fitting the role of a king. He is meeting the expectation of the Israelites. And probably he sees himself as a good king. But what was God's expectation of the king of Israel? And so after a series of events that we didn't read about, but that are taking place for Saul in his way back home, in chapter 10, verse 6, Samuel says this, The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you. And you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. The only one expectation for God, for, for the king of Israel, was not that he, was, he has to be handsome, tall, strong, or a fighter. The only one expectation is that the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Later in time, now... Uh, doing a step further, when Samuel is going, to is going to anoint David as a king, there is a clue passage of how God chooses his king, how God chooses his leader to be kings of Israel. And he says this in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. God speaking to Samuel before anointing David, he says, Do not consider his appearance or his height. The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord 
looks at the heart. God looks at the heart of people. And God is looking in your heart today, I would say. And so I want to ask you, what's in your heart today? What is your heart trying to please? Who your heart is trying to please? Is it trying to please society? Is your heart trying to find your identity in what society expects from you? Or is a welcoming heart? What is in your heart today? God's expectations are not society expectations or people expectations. God looks at the heart. So during the period of the fireside stories, when this, when this man, probably a storyteller, uh, is telling the story of Israel, the idea of the Spirit of the Lord upon the King of Israel, upon the um, Redeemer, upon the conqueror, upon the guy that has to free Israel, is very strong. And four years, hundred later, we have an account in Luke 4, um, chapter 4, verses 16 to 22. At the beginning of uh, Jesus' earthly ministry, and the, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. So, people at this moment of life, when Jesus is speaking, people are really seeking for a, a new king, for a, someone who can set them free from the oppression of the Romans. And Jesus says this, Verses 16 of chapter 4 in Luke. As he stood up, he stood up and read, sorry, at the end of verse 16. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed of the gracious words that came from his lips. And this is where the people's expectations are. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? How can we expect something from him? How can we expect him to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other passages in the Bible, there is written, they were questioning, is this just a carpenter? Is this only Mary's son? Are these not his brother and sister? How dare him to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? How dare him to say that he is the king? The last verse clearly shows that. But... The reality is that the Jesus, the king with a kingdom not of this world, came to rescue people and meet the needs of the people of this world with a message of grace and repentance so that whoever believes in him shall receive the same Holy Spirit 
there was upon Saul first, and then upon him as well. The same Holy Spirit can be within you. And that spirit changes you into a different person, just like we read in the account of Saul. The spirit of the Lord changes you in a different person because he changes the expectations that you have for yourself and for the others. It changes the expectation that you have because it shows you who you really are, who you really are for God, and it shapes your identity. There is grace, there is forgiveness, and there is a choice to make, a choice that can change your life and can really change the perspectives that you have of the world and of yourself. There is God who gives hope. I want to show you that although society really changes expectation of you and changes the requirements that you need to fulfill to work in this society, God's love never changes. And this expectation for you never changes. And I want to tell you in conclusion, then, uh, Ash, can you come up and pray? Um, and then... I just want to tell you this. That God will meet your expectations. Not because he will fulfill what expectations you have of him, but because you will see with a different perspective and you will see that God changes your expectations of him and of the others and of yourself.